This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.02 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always, and it's three to go at the line this time. Three shows left here in 2019. After today, just two more. Next time we come to the start-finish line, we'll see the parallel flags up with two laps left in our 2019 season here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Hope you've enjoyed the ride along with me here in our 2019 season as uh, we are quickly coming upon the start of the NFL regular season. But if you're not, two more Sundays after today we'll spend together, including uh, hopefully spending some time with you on the phones at 803-0551-888-550-2550. Phone lines are open here uh, this morning for you to chime in about anything going on in the world of motorsports, no, uh, nationally, locally, anything going on you want to talk about, including last night's uh, NASCAR race at Bristol. Denny Hamlin picking up his fourth win of the year in the uh, Monster Energy Cup Series, uh, going past Matt DiBenedetto with 10 laps to go in a great run by Denny, but a crushing defeat for DiBenedetto. We're going to talk more about that a little bit later on. Uh, coming up... At quarter past here on the program, it's gonna we're gonna talk to Adam Stern from Sports Business Journal. Adam, uh, speaking of Matt DiBenedetto, Adam has been on top of the uh, start of the silly season, getting into full effect in the NASCAR garage and the musical chairs when it comes to drivers connected to Joe Gibbs Racing and Levine Family Racing, including that's uh, DiBenedetto's '95 team. And we uh, finally found out where some of the players will be sitting in those chairs for next season. Unfortunately, Matt DiBenedetto will ne- currently does not have a ride for next year. And uh, Adam has been on top of that story, so we'll talk to him about that and uh, all things uh, business in the world of motorsports here in about 10 minutes on the program. Uh, but plenty of time for your phone calls here at 803-0551-888-552-550. And I'll Tell you what, in a span of about I don't know two hours, two and a half hours last night, it's you. I witnessed the highs and lows of this sport of ours in some uh, dramatic fashion, and in, in this sport that we love so much, um, you know, there's just the, the you see the highest of highs, but you also can see people experience the lowest of lows, and we we saw a little bit of both last night. If you were at a certain racetrack here in Western New York, or if you were in a racetrack at the other end of the state, or if you were just watching the NASCAR race at home last night, you kind of saw different examples of that. And uh, my story with this uh, starts last night at Lancaster Speedway as uh, we were running the uh, Tommy Drewer, Tony Jankoyak Memorial Modified 110 uh, for the Race of Champions Modified Series. And we got to lap six last night. And unfortunately, as the field made its way off at turn number four, uh, Carl Hare, veteran driver out of Chictawaga, um, 
car came, he was running the outside off of four, broke loose, looked like he may have overcorrected, but the car hooks to the right and makes heavy impact with the outside retaining wall. Thankfully, he hit uh, the expandable polystyrene uh, thermal foam blocks that uh, line most of the walls at Lancaster, a safety development uh, that was implemented at Lancaster about 25 years ago, and uh, he hit those foam blocks head on, but the impact of the foam uh, also sent him up into the catch fence there along the front straightaway, and the car uh, kind of rolled into the fence and uh, uh, damaged the catch fence and rolled his car over, and he landed on his roof. Thankfully, uh, all the safety equipment, uh, both the foam blocks, the fencing, and also all the safety equipment inside his uh, modified, uh, luckily kept him safe, and Carl was able to climb from the car once they rolled it back on all four wheels, and he walked to the ambulance and uh, is okay for the most part, I believe. Uh, according to reports, Carl did go to ECMC just to for some observation due to some soreness, but he did walk away from the crash. That is the, ultimately the good thing. But uh, obviously a terrible uh, end of the night at Lancaster. Fortunately, the, due to the damage of the fence and the lightness, at the time when it happened, the race was unable to continue. They're, we're going to continue it on uh, Friday, September the 13th. But for A, just for any driver to go through that, and then B, a driver with a history of accidents, as Carl Hare does, unfortunately. Uh, Carl was also severely injured in a wreck at Lancaster, I don't know, about 12 years back when he, at the other end of the speedway, hit the turn two pit gate and uh, suffered some facial injuries, among others, and luckily returned behind the wheel and uh, is been still racing um, for since the 10 or 11 years since that incident took place and uh, is was racing last night, started on the outside pole, and unfortunately had that uh, hard hit. Um, it's out there on social media if you do want to see it. I'm not. Uh, I'm sure you'll find it if you know how to look for it. But uh, just a tough, tough hit, and uh, especially as someone like Carl that we've seen go through something like this before and just a good person in general too like Carl uh, again. But luckily the most important thing is he walked away. So that was the first kind of the low – the, the lowest of the lows of this sport that you experience, uh, seeing a driver go through an accident like this. Uh, I then got home and uh, was watching the NASCAR race on uh, DVR, watching it uh, delayed and, and almost got spoiler-free. I did have a little bit of a spoiler, but didn't totally ruin it for me. But watching Matt Benedetto take the lead at Bristol, and all he is going through right now, as I said off the top of the show, losing his ride, finding out officially this week he'd be losing his ride for next year, despite having the best season of his career, uh, putting up some top 10s and top 5s, and really uh, making a name for himself in the sport. Um, you know, finished fifth in one of the stages early on, and uh, was leading, and was trying to win it, and then Denny Hamlin, who had fresher tires, uh, caught and passed him with 10 to go. And again, you saw the highest of highs and lowest of lows as you see Denny celebrate his win. And then they interview Matt DiBenedetto and Matt just about choking back tears on national television. Uh, um, just having an emotionally uh, draining evening, trying to get his first cup win just days after knowing he was losing his ride. Still having his best ever finish in cup, finishing second, which is nothing to be ashamed of. But just seeing the emotion on his face and him trying to keep himself together was... Uh, um, uh, just quite a sight to see, and uh, you got to feel for Matty D, and, and hopefully he does land a ride for 2020 um, because he's having a great season uh, for someone uh, uh, for the team he is with in the sport. Uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty good season for a driver like that, having a breakout year, and uh, you know putting up some top tens and top fives this year, and then to see the elation of Denny Hamlin getting a victory, 
uh, there last night at Bristol. And then, I don't know, about 1.30 in the morning, over at the Orange County Fair Speedway in Middletown, New York, at the uh, other end of New York State, uh, hearing that St. Catharines driver Matt Williamson won the $100,000 to win 160-lap uh, anniversary race there at Orange County Fair Speedway. And how great news that is for, for Matt to get that huge win, uh, the biggest win maybe of his career, uh, and adding to his great season and all the... Uh, excitement and joy he's been along with Eric Rudolph bringing race fans uh, at Ransomville Speedway on Friday nights and Merrittville Speedway on Saturdays and uh, the driver and the fans of the Niagara region here in the uh, kind of dirt car universe um, seeing all the great you know what, what it's been a blast watching him and Eric uh, along with guys like Chad Brockman and Ryan Susie and Pete now racing on Friday nights at Ransomville and the Modifieds and what a show they put on and Matt and Eric have been kind of almost going back and forth, racking up wins. You know, besides Matt Shepard, they're the two winningest drivers in all of dirt modified racing here in the Northeast this season. But for Matt to uh, kind of break through, almost a little bit of an upset because Orange County Fair, not one of his, you know, home speedways. Um, you know, that's track is, you know, uh, that's a home track for Stuart Friesen uh, going up against Stuart and Matt Shepard and, um, Larry White and Billy Decker and some of the big guns, but to and to win over all of those guys, you know, Stewart finished finished second, Shepard third, Danny Johnson fourth, Billy Decker fifth, Jimmy Phelps sixth. Some of the big dogs of uh, dirt car racing, and Matt. It's a little bit of an upset for uh, Matt Williamson. So again, the, and again, seeing the highest of highs. So just I don't know, a span of about two and a half hours for me, just witnessing the ups and downs of uh, what this sport can bring us and why it can be so great and why it can be so tough to be a part of at times too, uh, just to see what different people go through last night. But just lots of interesting uh, things and a lot of drama last night uh, in the world of racing. And uh, it's uh, it's great to be a part of, but obviously uh, you also feel when, when people that you, uh, you know personally and, and like or, or just people that you don't know but follow in this sport and wish good things for them when things don't go right for them, uh, you feel for them. And then people you do know and have great nights, too, you feel great for them, too. So it experienced a, a range of emotions last night in the span of a few hours, all uh, connected to this crazy sport of ours. So I just thought I'd lead off with that la uh, here to start the show this morning. Uh, 803-0551-888-552-550. But just a, a little bit of everything, I guess. Um, from uh, here at Lancaster, uh, Lancaster, and then what went happened to Orange County, and of course the uh, race at Bristol last night. By the way, which was a, a pretty good race for Bristol these days. Um, the the two groove racing at Bristol, I thought it was a very good race. Um, it, it may you know wasn't a close finish once Denny got by Matt, but still. Um, you know, still the drama of Matt, you hoping Matt maybe can get back to Dan Denny and what would he do if he got to the 11 cars back bumper there in those final 10 laps. Uh, unfortunately, did not get a, a chance to maybe give him the old bump and run or anything, but still uh, quite quite a race. I thought it was a pretty good race at Bristol. Uh, the balance of the bottom groove and the top groove and the type of racing that delivered I thought was a blast. Then you throw in the mix of lap cars, you know, getting in the way and... Do the lap cars go ho high or go low, and uh, holding up the leaders and such? Excuse me. And then uh, I thought it was funny at one point with the top groove. Uh, I heard uh, Stevie Latart um, 
mentioning the uh, the drivers hopping the cushion, which is a a, a dirt reference. Um, but to hear the the Latart kind of saying that the drivers hopping the cushion that were running the outside groove last night at Bristol, and uh, him, a couple of the drivers that kind of maybe got a little too high and maybe scraped the wall. Uh, Eric Jones did that. Uh, I thought that was a funny reference by Steve Latart to, to saying uh, saying pavement drivers hopping the cushion last night at Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh, 803-0551-888-552-550. We're going to talk to Adam Stern here in just a couple of minutes. But Victor in South Wales is on the line. Victor, good morning. I'm doing great. Hang on. I messed up the phones. Oh, shoot. I just lost. Victor, I apologize. My phones, I don't know. I We're coming out of speaker phones, and I don't know what happened there. Victor, please call back. I apologize. Uh, please call back. And, uh, Mike, I might need you to put him on the air because it wasn't working here in the studio. Uh, 803-0550. Victor, please call back. We will get you on. That was my fault. That was uh, user error on my part. Uh, quickly, before we uh, hear from Adam, uh, we'll uh, bring up the finish from last night. Denny Hamlin getting the win over Matt DiBenedetto. DiBenedetto did lead a race-high 93 points last night. Brad Keselowski led 91 laps. He finished third. Kyle Busch started 31st and still finished fourth. He led 30 laps. Chase Elliott rounded out the top five. Kyle Larson led early on. He was using that outside line, finishing sixth. Clint Boyer overcame, uh, overcoming spinning out to finish seventh. Daniel Suarez, a good night in eighth. Kurt Busch and Ryan Blaney. Blaney had an eventful night, and he finished 10th despite all that. He even uh, tagged uh, Ricky Stenhouse at one point, uh, but he rounded out the top 10 last night. Uh, Ryan Newman finishing 11th. Martin Truex back in 13th. Bubba Wallace finished 14th last night. Joey Logano in 16th. And uh, is Victor back on the line, Mike? All right, let's get Victor in real quick before we go to Adam. Victor, good morning. Uh, we, you lost me again, Dave. I got gotcha. you. Just listen to the phone, not the radio. Oh, well, hang on. Let me get away. Let me get out in my garage then because I got, <laughs> I got that going. Um, anyway, here, here I am. I'm, I'm free and clear of the radio. Okay, you ready? Yep. I was at the track last night, okay? Mm-hmm. And I know you can't control certain situations like the wreck and all that stuff, okay? But my comment and my point is I added up before I called you with all the heats and all the, the running last night, there was a potential of running 296 laps last night. Mm-hmm. That being said, in all the pomp and circumstance for the drivers, um, hello? Yep, I got gotcha. you. Okay, so have you listened to what I've said so far? Yep, I've, we've had you the whole way. Okay, so with all the pomp and circumstances in that, um, I'm thinking, as a fan, I paid $25 to see it. I usually come, the draw, obviously, is the Modifieds. Mm-hmm. Right? I come there to see the Modifieds. I go, I leave the house an hour later than I should. I mm-hmm. come from South Wales, I get there. My point is, why can't they eliminate a class, especially with a 110 like that, eliminate a class? The pomp and circumstance, I understand, is for the fans. I've seen these guys forever, Okay. Right, And the reason I go there, and the main draw for me is when I found out Matt Hirschman was going to show up, that's a six-hour drive for that guy, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm there. Um, I'm seeing the best. I'm seeing the best with Lancaster. I'm seeing the best with Hosfeld, with uh, uh, 
or ammoing. I can go right. Oh yeah, I, I, Victor, I, I can tell the point you're getting to, and uh, you're you're right in in certain aspects. First of all, thank you for coming out and supporting the show. Uh, secondly, we were you know under the gun last night because of the weather and the track drying and everything. Uh, and the TQ midgets, there were a couple rollovers, which didn't help as well to the running time of the program. Um, could it have been a three-division show, possibly, um, but that's not my decision. But I, I do hear you on that one. Uh, the the opening ceremonies, um, uh, we knew we were up against it, but we wanted to make a big show out of it and have some fun. Um, and we'd had a lot of things planned that we didn't want to you know, throw away, you know, Doug Allen being there to sing the anthems and everything. We wanted to still go through with all that. So we wanted to have some fun. Um, thank you for supporting the show. Um, and, and and you're right, maybe it could have been a three-division show, and, and I understand. But I, I thank you for coming out, spending your hard-earned money to, to join us last night. All right, Victor, thank you for the call. Let's go to Adam Stern from the Sports Business Journal. Adam, uh, thank you for waiting on hold. Sorry for that. Adam, how are you today? Hey, no problem, Dave. I'm, do- I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. Sorry, I just wanted to squeeze that one caller in. Um, but last night at Bristol, I mean, after this week, Adam, and, and you've been right on top of this, the uh, the the rides there with Joe Gibbs Racing and, and Levine Family Racing, and I thought it was so fitting at one point with Eric Jones and, and Matt Benedetto battling for the lead and then Denny Hamlin challenging Matt for the lead. It just seems so it was just such a crazy coincidence that after all the headlines this week with those drivers, that they were the ones battling for the win last night at Bristol. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think when we saw Matt Benedetto roll off the truck on uh, Thursday, or, or excuse me, Friday, and um, you know he was P1 in the first practice, you know I think some people were like, could this really be? Could he really be this good this weekend where he's going to be challenging for the win? Or is this something where maybe he was in qualifying trim Everyone else was in race trim, and you know he won't actually be that good. But you know it held through. It held true through through qualifying. Mm-hmm. You know he, he qualified pretty well, and then obviously all night long he was battling you know in the top five and eventually for the win. Uh, so absolutely unbelievable that you know the race of his life comes you know roughly four days after he was informed he was fired. Um, so you know, for example, he came out, uh, you know, in that Rocky gear during his intro, kind of like a boxer. Yeah. And my understanding is he actually had that planned even before, well before Tuesday. So that was something where it kind of ended up being perfect. Now, granted, he's known for several weeks because it's been reported that, you know, he was he, he had a decent chance of being ousted. It just became official this week. Um, so, you know, that might have played into his decision to do that kind of boxer intro and punch at the air and, and whatnot. Uh, but pretty amazing, just everything added up. I was there, and I can tell you, uh, not just post-race, but even, pre- even pre-race during his intro, the roars he was getting from the crowd were Chase Elliott, Dale Jr.-esque. I mean, they were extremely loud roars from the crowd. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I think we saw a star in the making last night to an extent, and it was pretty incredible. Like you said, just almost a storybook. Yeah, if there's if there's one sports fan base that loves themselves an underdog, it's the NASCAR fan base. They will latch on to any underdog like that, especially Matt Benedetto. But it it's just unfortunately just part of the business, Adam. Again, we're talking Adam Stern from Sports Business Journal here on WGR's Fast Track. I mean, really, you you look at Matt's stats this year, and he was having kind of the season we expected until they got to Sonoma, and then all of a sudden he's kind of gone on a little bit of a hot streak where it's been top 10, then middle of the pack finish, but he's been just piling up these top 10s and top 5s, but just since really the month of June, and unfortunately it was probably too little too late because Joe Gibbs Racing and and even Toyota 
kind of painted themselves into a corner with uh, you know Christopher Bell there waiting in the wings among other drivers and Eric Jones and Eric's you know kind of having a good enough season that warns him keeping himself in the 20 car and just unfortunately it's just a, a bad game of musical chairs for Matt Benedetto. Yeah, I think it was tough to know heading into the season, you know, just how good or bad Levine was going to be because on one end it was a brand new relationship with Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing, and they have never been a team that's really run in the top five or even really in the top ten. On the other hand, you're going to Toyota, and, you know, they are the best team in NASCAR, arguably, uh, on almost every facet, uh, on and off the track. The amount of money they pour into the, their teams, uh, the amount of money they pour into the sport, you know, they don't win every week, but they're arguably the hottest manufacturer right now and have been for the past couple of years, even though they haven't necessarily won the championship at the end of the day every year. Mm. Um, and so – you know, from that regard, I think it was it was going to be interesting to see how they performed. And and to your point, you know, at first they didn't really have they didn't really get the finishes. Yep. Uh, and then, like you said, and, and around Sonoma, it's really picked up. But what I, I, you know, quite frankly, I think it would have been interesting if Matt had been having a better season from the get go because it would have put JGR and Toyota in a really tough position because. You know, arguably, they might have had to make this decision even, even if he had won a race or two. Right. Um, and, you know, at, at the end of the day, it comes down to sponsorship. And a lot of people have understandably wondered, you know, why hasn't Levine and Toyota and JGR decided to do a second car at Levine? And, you know, if you look at their cars here, if you look at Matt last night, he was sponsored by Toyota, which means he wasn't sponsored. You know, and so the, even right now with one car, they're not sold out. And my understanding is their main sponsor, uh, Procore, is in doubt to return. So... You know, from that regard, they just absolutely, if, they don't, if they're not sold out on one car, it's absolute suicide financially to try and start a second car. And from that regard, you know, the fact that Matt has started doing well recently, I mean, even if he had done well all season long, it would have made JGR and Toyota look potentially, you know, arguably even more like bad guys, you could say, if he had been winning mm-hmm. and, and doing top fives and top tens all season long. But it would have been really interesting to see because he might have had to get ousted anyway. And so, yeah, he really kind of, to an extent, had the card stacked against him. That's nothing against JGR or Toyota. It's a business, and they're making a business decision. It's just part of the deal. You know, I would compare JGR a little bit to, like, Red Bull Racing and F1. Mm-hmm. They have a wealth of talent, and they just, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business, and they make decisions that they feel like they need to make, and, and that's just how it goes. So it'll be interesting to see where it plays out and where Matt goes from here. Adam, where, where do you think Matt's next home could be? I mean, we heard this week David Reagan's retiring, so that might open up a ride to Front Row Motorsports. Uh, I'm not on top of whose contract still might be up this year in some of the bigger teams, but where do you think are some of the more possible likely spots for him to land, if anywhere in the Cup Series? Yeah, I think, you know, you can't roll out some the potential for him to do some stuff in the Xfinity Series. As far as Cup, there's no doubt that that front row car, you know, could be a good option. Um, my understanding is, is nothing's even, you know, remotely approaching done. I mean, they're just starting to try and figure out their options. So it's too it's definitely too early to say he will be a front row uh, for sure, but it, clearly that's going to be an option. Um, there, there could be some other drivers who potentially are in play for front row as well, so we'll just have to see how that shakes out. But, you know, performances like last night clearly make him uh, an extremely viable candidate to, to any team, let alone a team like front row, which is a little bit closer to the mid-tier despite their name. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think he's going to have some options for sure from that regard. But, um, you know, unfortunately, Matt doesn't really bring his own money. He doesn't really have his own sponsors. Sure. And so that's going to limit him to an extent. So, for example, let's say he brought his own sponsors, you know, he might be able to just literally go buy a, J- a ride with JRM for next season. Mm. Or, or, or maybe even, um, you know, uh, 
JGR's Xfinity team. Sure. You know, if he just had a couple million bucks, he could just literally go buy a ride. And so without that, it's going to make it a little bit more uh, interesting to see exactly how it plays out. Um, you know, he do, again, I do think it's possible he could uh, go to the Xfinity Series for a little bit. I, my understanding is he's also open to doing a part-time uh, ride if he can stay with Toyota. I'm not, I'm not clear yet if that means it's, if that would be with the Xfinity team. Or if they would find a you know a cup team like Daunt Brothers, who Toyota also doesn't work with. Sure. Um, so so I, I my understanding is nothing's even remotely close to being figured out yet. You know they're just kind of getting going. Matt was just informed this week. Obviously his management team and everyone in the sport knew that this was probably coming. So it's not to say that they literally just started trying to figure out their options this week. Right. But um, you know in terms of really getting going, it just started in the past couple of weeks. So nothing done yet from my understanding, and and we'll stay on top of it. But yes, yeah, certainly you're right. Front row seems like it's a good option. Um, you know, in terms of, like, some other major teams, like, you know, there could be potentially an opening at Stuart Haas, but if there's an opening at Stuart Haas, it's going to go to Cole Custer. So I, I, yeah. don't see, I don't see that happening um, as of right now, at least. So it'll be interesting to see exactly where, where he are able to slot in. Adam, before we let you go, you said you were at Bristol last night. What did you think of uh, the attendance? And uh, do you, I, it, the racing has been improving there at Bristol, in my opinion, the last couple of years. Or I don't think we'll go back to the years of ticket waiting list, but do you think attendance-wise things are upswing or kind of staying status quo there at Bristol Motor Speedway? Yeah, I, look, I mean, I think it was a pretty good crowd. I mean, look, there's two ways to look at it. I've, I've been talking to people, you know, uh, about this, and I think there's two ways to look at it. You know, if you want to com- – and you could arguably say both are fair. And, and if you want to compare it to the old Bristol, yeah, I mean, it was probably about half that. You know, I think that – I think if I had to guesstimate because they don't release attendance numbers sure. anymore, mm-hmm. I would put the I would put the number somewhere between seventy to ninety last night. I wouldn't be surprised anywhere if it was in that range. That that's where I would put it. And I think, you know, that's a good crowd for most sports, mm-hmm. uh, for even most motorsports, even for NASCAR. Seventy to ninety thousand is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think give or take. If you told me it was ninety five, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, you know, or even a hundred. I, I I think above a hundred, I'd be pretty surprised to hear that was true. But I, I could see like 70 to 90 that range, and I think that's a good crowd. Now, if you compare it to the old Bristol, it's not a good crowd because they used to bring in 160,000. So, you know, I think it, there's just two ways to look at it. If you had asked me which one I lean more towards, I lean more towards it being a good crowd for this day and age. You know, we can't just always, for the rest of history, compare NASCAR to some of the old days of NASCAR. Sure. Uh, you know, we all know where it was, and, and at the end of the day, um, you know, I don't think we have to repeat that every week. So, for me, I thought it was a good crowd. I think by most sports standards, uh, that was a very good crowd. And so I think Bristol and NASCAR have to be encouraged at that, uh, you know, particularly after it wasn't a good crowd for their spring race. So I think the real question is they have to figure out the future of that spring race. Uh, but I think last night reaffirmed that the that the Bristol night race is in a good place right now. And, of course, that race is moving into the uh, playoffs next year, uh, into September. So it'll be a, it will be out of August next year. So we'll see how that also affects uh, attendance moving forward. Uh, when, when news breaks in NASCAR, this guy's on top of it. Adam Stern, give him a follow on Twitter, A underscore S12. Uh, he's always got good stuff to report, uh, especially when it comes to business-wise and sponsorship moves. Uh, Adam's usually right on top of that. Adam, sorry to make you wait. I'd hold there for a few minutes. Appreciate your time this morning, and great to talk to you as always. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Dave. All right, Adam Stern, Sports Business Journal here on WGR's Fast Track. Again, A underscore S12. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter. He's always got... Uh, good stuff, uh, just covering the business aspect of the motorsports industry. Uh, we're up against it. We'll be uh, coming right back, though, here with more. And time for your phone calls once again, too, at 803-0551-888-552-550. We get back on Fast Track here on WGR.
Hi, this is Denny Hamlin, driving the number 11 FedEx Toyota, and you're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. I was on Twitter this week, and former Bandits backup goaltender Curtis Wagar was uh, at a corn concert, and they were playing this and took him back to his uh, playing days here in Buffalo when they would play this during player introductions. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. I can't wait. the birthday boy back here. Oh, okay. I can't wait for Bandit season. I mean, we I'm well. We got a lot of great racing to come too, but I'm I'm still pumped for uh, the Bandits to come back here in just a few months. So uh, it's a it's a great filler when racing season ends. Lacrosse season picks up. It works out so well for me. Uh, we we don't have a long segment here. Eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Open phones here. This segment for you. Uh, again. Uh, Again, uh, just getting a further update on Carl here. Again, is he's doing okay? Just a little soreness. Uh, he's still over at uh, ECMC for some further evaluation, but uh, is just sore but in good spirits this morning. Just want to pass that along once again. Uh, and thank you to the person that sent me the update on that. Uh, speaking of scary moments this week, I totally missed this in the first segment, but um, I just wanted to get out my thoughts about last night first. But Thursday, holy cow, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was involved and his family, his uh, wife Amy and his daughter Ilsa, uh, they were involved in a airplane accident uh, at, when they were uh, pro, uh, flying to Bristol on Thursday, uh, J- Johns, Johnstown, I believe it is in Tennessee. Uh, they were coming in for a landing. Uh, the plane had a bit of a rough landing and uh, skidded off the end of the runway and caught fire. Luckily, everybody escaped. Uh, Dale Jr. had some uh, some uh, cuts and abrasions. Um and was taken to the hospital for evaluation, but everybody, the the Earnhardt family and the two pilots on board were okay. But uh, holy cow, for a moment there on Thursday, that was uh, a scary situation when news of that broke. I don't know, it was right around 4, 4.30 af- uh, Eastern time here on Thursday afternoon when that news broke. And thankfully, everybody was okay, especially with Dale and his wife and young daughter. That was uh, so scary to hear that they were involved in that plane crash. But luckily, again, everybody walked away uh, for the most part, um, uh, Dale obviously did not work the NBC broadcast last night uh, to be with his family and everything. And uh, just, again, thank goodness he was all right. But this sport has also had some bad history with plane crashes, unfortunately, going back to uh, and helicopter crashes, going back to guys like Alan Kowicki and Davey Ellison, of course, uh, in the early 90s. Um, so for that to happen was a, a truly scaring, scary situation. But luckily, um, uh, they were okay and uh they survived and walked away from that just and the plane basically burnt to the ground after they got out after it skidded off there's been pictures of the wreckage of course on, on twitter um some of the nascar media traveled over to the airport to uh to view the scene themselves as in just a lot of pictures of a really burnt out uh shell of what was that the airplane that the earnhardt family was flying on it was a uh a jr motorsports airplane but uh, good to see that they were okay, including the pilots. Uh, I think the FAA and the NTSB will continue to inv- investigate the accident, but uh, just a bit of a rough landing that seemed to go awry from early reports uh, from the FAA so far as they continue to look into that. But thankfully, the Earnhardt failed me again okay after that plane crash on Thursday. Uh, again, 803-0551-888-552-550. Quickly, just picking off a couple other names from the results from last night at Bristol. Joey Logano had a rough day, but still managed a 16th place finish, three laps down. Ryan Priest finished an 18th. Jimmy Johnson did not have a night he needed, finishing 19th last night. Uh, Eric Jones looked to be in contention for a win until he 
scraped the outside wall while battling with Matt DiBenedetto for the lead, had to come down pit road, and he fell to a 22nd place finish. Eric Almarola was involved in a couple incidents, and he finished 29th last night. Uh, Austin Dillon, 34th, and Kevin Harvick dropped out of the race early with transmission and clutch issues. He finished last in 39th uh, just after picking up the win last week. So you look at the standings now. Kyle Busch, still your points leader by 39 over Logano and 77 by Hamlin. Uh, obviously, Truex, Harvick, Keselowski, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, or Kurt Busch, uh, Alex Bowman, all in on wins. Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, William Byron, Eric Almarola. Uh, all pretty safe on points. Same for Eric Jones in 14th. And then it gets tight, obviously, around that 16th spot. Uh, Ryan Newman is 15th. He has 6.03, which puts him 12 up on Daniel Suarez, who is now on the bubble. He is two ahead of Clint Boyer. And Jimmy Johnson now is back in 18th, and he is 26 points uh, out of a playoff spot. So Jimmy really put himself a little bit deeper in the hole last night. Uh, unfortunately, he got caught up. In inc- uh, there was a late incident. Uh, the one, I think, that Blaney started, actually, which surprised me when, to see him finish in the top ten, but it was Blaney collided with Stenhouse, and that caused a chain reaction. And one of the uh, front row motorsports cars, I think it was the 38, came down the banking and tagged Johnson in the uh, what would, would you consider the passenger side door and cut a hole in the side of the 48 and uh, exposed some of that foam that uh, they line the interiors of the car with, and uh, D- Jimmy was able to finish the race, but still that uh, held him up a bit and uh, forced him to uh, finish mid-pack there last night, 19th and four laps down. So Johnson and qualified 30th, so he had a, a long night to, on top of that. But Jimmy Johnson's uh, s- season of struggling continues, even with the crew chief change uh, with the 48 team uh, a couple of weeks ago going into Watkins Glen. Uh, not a good night for the 48 team. So two races left in the regular season. The Cup Series is off next weekend. They're back in action, of course, Labor Day weekend with the Southern 500 at Darlington and all the cool throwback paint schemes. And then it's Indianapolis this year for the uh, regular season finale, For actually for the second year in a row, uh, Indianapolis, the regular season finale. Of course, the Xfinity and Truck Series also in action at Bristol this weekend. Uh, Tyler Reddick started dead last and won the race. And that was a crazy affair, too, on uh, Friday night. At Bristol, a lot of front runners ran into issues, including uh, Eric Jones and Joey Logano crashed out early, and then it looked like it was going to be the Kyle Busch show once again in an Xfinity race at Bristol until he had engine issues after the end end of stage two. He won the second stage, and then the engine went kaput on the 18 car. Uh, you had guys like Christopher Bell crash. Noah Gregson bounced off the wall a couple of times, and it wound up uh, Reddick just kind of almost a little bit fell into it a little bit, and he picked up the win over Chase Briscoe. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, Jeremy Clements, and Austin Sindrick. You had a lot of the smaller teams run really well because of some of the front runners that had issues, where you've got names like Timmy Hill and uh, Landon Castle finishing in the top 10 and some of the smaller teams of the Xfinity Series, um, you know, finishing right up front. So they're off to Road America next to wrap up their wild August with the three road courses with Bristol sprinkled in the middle uh, for the Xfinity Series. The trucks kicked off their playoffs on Thursday night. And Brett Moffitt picking up the win there in the truck series over Chandler Smith and Ross Chastain as those guys battled uh, late in the race. Stuart Friesen got caught up in an incident with Matt Crafton but rebounded to finish fourth. Grant Enfinger fifth, uh, Sheldon Creed, Matt Crafton, Ben Rhodes, Todd Gillen, and Austin Hill rounded out the top ten there at Bristol. So Brett Moffitt has the points lead. Uh, with uh, one round of the playoffs in the books. Uh, Stuart Friesen is third in points coming out of Bristol, which is great for him as uh, you want to be in the top six uh, through this first round of the Truck Series 
playoffs. They are off to uh, Toronto Motorsports Park up in Bowenville, Ontario, a week from today, a Sunday race, of course, uh, up there at uh, Toronto Motorsports Park in Bowenville, Ontario. Uh, so if you're looking for something to do next Sunday, head up there and check out the Truck Series. That is always a wild affair, of course, with uh, the kids of the Truck Series wrecking each other all over that road course in, at Mostport. Uh, the, of course, the had the fight with, with the teammates taking each other out there a couple of years ago in that Truck Series race. And then the Truck Series, we kind of went through this last week. They're off for a couple of weeks till they go to Vegas, and then they're off for a month till they go to Talladega. But uh, Stuart Friesen's playoffs off to an okay start, especially after he spun you know, thought he was going to be in some danger there, but luckily pulled out a top five finish there, lucked out on a couple of late race restarts. And again, wants got to be in the top six to advance to the playoffs as the playoff field and the trucks goes from eight to six to the uh, final four at Homestead uh, for the series championship. Again, 803-0551-888-550-2550. IndyCar series getting towards the end of their 2019 season. They're at Pocono today. For the uh, ABC Supply uh, 500, that'll be on uh, NBC today, I believe. Um, and that'll be going about 2.45 this afternoon. Uh, it's been a rough weekend weather-wise there at Pocono. Qualifying was rained out, and uh, the field was set on points. So points leader Joseph Newgarden will be uh, on the pole alongside Alexander Rossi on uh, row number one with uh, Simon Pagino, Scott Dixon, Will Power rounding out your top five starters. That is on uh, NBCSN today, by the way, 2.30. Uh, Pocono's future on the IndyCar schedule appears to be possibly tenuous, as uh, there's been reports this week that while Pocono would love to remain on the IndyCar schedule, the folks at IndyCar are not not as enthused about that prospect, and there's been some talk of Richmond replacing Pocono on the IndyCar schedule for 2020 and beyond. Of course, Pocono the last couple of years has not had a great record with the IndyCar series with the unfortunate uh, incident that took the life of Justin Wilson, the terrible crash last year that severely injured uh, Robert Wickens, of course. So um, maybe the IndyCar series looking to move away from running at Pocono, Pennsylvania. Um, There are... Reading some quotes, there are some folks in the IndyCar paddock that would love to keep Pocono on the schedule, and there are others not so thrilled about it. Um, So it remains to be seen, will Pocono be back on the IndyCar schedule in 2020? We'll have to uh, wait a little bit longer to find out. But uh, after today, I believe it's just three more races left on the IndyCar schedule. Yep, Gateway, uh, the following, uh, this coming Saturday, Saturday night at Gateway Motorsports Park, and then wrapping up with the road courses out west at Portland and uh, Laguna Seca uh, for the IndyCar series as New Garden and uh, Rossi will uh, battle to the finish here uh, along with Pagano and Dixon in power as it's uh, 16 points. Let's see if my mental math is correct. Uh, yeah, 16 points to start today between uh, New Garden and Rossi uh, for the IndyCar series points lead here uh, going into this afternoon's race at Pocono. Uh, so, again, but a lot of new headlines this week as an, un- an unclear future about Pocono's uh, date for 2020 with the IndyCar series and a lot of talk with Richmond kind of maybe moving in, which would obviously stink for Pocono, but cool to see a short track like Richmond get added back uh, onto the uh, IndyCar schedule. All right, when we get back, we're going to hit the local racing roundup. It's been kind of a mixed bag locally racing-wise. We've had those uh, terrible thunderstorms that have been kind of around the area all weekend, and they seem to come at terrible times. So it's been a mix. Some tracks have raced, some have not. We'll run through it next when we get back here on Fast Track on WGR.
Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. And we'll start Friday night action. Freedom Motorsports Park, Max Blair picking up another super late model win in the ULMS Jason Dunham Memorial over David Scott and Greg Oaks. Brad Rouse wrapped up the Sportsman Track Championship with another feature win. Kurt Stebbins in the street stocks, Brad Whiteside in the mini stocks, and Tierney White got the win in the Bandits. Lancaster Dragway and Marie Nugent showing the boys how to get it done in top ET. Bill Bigham in top eight eliminator. Reed Rickinson, another win in mod ET. Lucas Salemi, fourth win of the year in bikes and sleds. Donnie D. DJ Razor getting another street ET win. They also had uh, big rigs and dump trucks racing there Friday night at Lancaster down the drag strip. Ransomville Speedway uh, rained out last night, or not last night, on Friday night at the Big R. Saturday night action, Lancaster Speedway, as I said at the open of the show, the uh, modified race postponed until September 13th because of the crash. Uh, that damaged the catch fence. Joe Mancuso, though, picked up the win in the Super Stocks. Brian Hoffman in the Street Stocks. And Bobby Holmes held off Dave Wallaber to get the TQ Midget win. Merrittville Speedway. Uh, Ryan Susi got the win over Mike Bowman and Pete Bicknell. Brad Rouse getting his second win of the weekend in the Sportsman over Brent Bigelow and James Michael Friesen. Dave Bailey, another Hoosier stock win over Billy Bleach. Tyler LaFontaise in the four cylinders. Tyler Winger in the Mod Lights. And Josh Dimitrow in the six cylinders. Uh, today, uh, we've already had a lot of rain in the area and lots of rain this weekend. Uh, Erie Speedway, the World of Outlaws have late models already pulled the plug at Erie Speedway tonight. Humberstone, uh, I think they're going to make a decision around 2 o'clock today if they're racing at 6.30 this evening. Uh, they looked a little wet from some social media they had posted, but they're going to make a decision to see if things can dry out. Let's quickly go to the phones, and we've got a... Celebrity drive-by, I guess you could say. Uh, former market, uh, former marketing person with uh, Ford Motorsports and Ford Racing, a Western New York native, Tim Dewar joins us on the line. Hi, Tim. Hey, Dave. It's great to hear your voice. I've been, uh, I'm on my way from Detroit over to North Tonawanda, and I've been listening to your show ever since you've come on the air. Well, I appreciate you listening, Tim. How is uh, retired life treating you, my friend? It's been awesome. It's coming up on two years now. I, I do miss NASCAR, NHRA. I miss all the personalities, the drivers, the owners, and uh, I, I miss that piece of it. I don't miss all the travel. <laughs> As you know, I got married uh, about a month after I, I retired, and yeah. it keeps me busy. It's kind of like a whole new career. <laughs> you know, now it's just a honey-do list instead of what the boss tells you what to do. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, how about uh, some of those four teams this year? Of course, uh, the Penske Bunch and Kevin Harvick now hitting his stride with Stuart Haas racing, although he had a little trouble last night. But uh, the four teams right in the thick of it once again this year. Right. I'm, I've got my fingers crossed for him again. Of course, you know, I worked in motorsports for Ford for 12 straight years and got to see Jimmy Johnson at the main banquet table most of the time. And uh, then the year after I retire, uh, Joey <laughs> championship it was a long time coming for Ford and It'd be nice to see uh, that continue on now. I, I'm not giving up hope on him. I know Toyota's dominating in many aspects of the sport, uh, as we heard earlier with one of your guests. But uh, you can't count out Brad or Joey and certainly Kevin Harvick and some of the Stuart Haas drivers. And uh, and I've got my fingers crossed. I'm rooting from afar, but it'd be great to see Ford, as always, in the victory lane and also at the championship table uh, for the banquet. And, uh, of course, uh, Ford rolling out the new um, Xfinity version of the Mustang for 2020. That looked real sharp, too. But, uh, Tim, thank you for checking in. It's great to hear from you. I'm glad you're enjoying retired life and uh, safe travels on your way here back home to Western New York. 
Yes, you have a great show. I've enjoyed listening to it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a diehard Bills and Sabres fan, so expecting a little bit more out of both those teams this year, too. All right, Tim, thanks for checking in. We'll uh, hopefully catch up real soon. Take care, Dave. All right, Tim Dewar is uh, worked with Ford Racing and uh, Ford Motorsports for a, a long time, recently retired from the NASCAR circus life and the motorsports uh, circus life in general. And we appreciate Tim checking in, a native of North Tonawanda, one of the uh, great folks from Western New York that have uh, made a name for themselves in the motorsports industry. Uh, also, th- uh, during Watkins Glen weekend, uh, Shout out to my colleague Larry Ott over the Buffalo News uh, updating us on where Pete Troutman landed after uh, Pete was a NASCAR official for a number of years after moving up from the Bush Old Bush North Series. And uh, Pete, unfortunately, uh, parted ways with NASCAR in the offseason and now has a new role in the sport as a, uh, a motor coach driver. And he uh, chauffeurs the motor coach for Alan Gustafson, who's the crew chief uh, for Chase Elliott. Uh, now does that so uh, great to see uh, uh, Pete is still uh, involved in the industry as well too and uh, Miss unfortunately didn't get a chance to catch up with him at Watkins Glen a couple of weeks ago but uh, lots of great folks from Western New York uh, of course involved in uh, the major motorsports world here uh, throughout North America that'll do it for us uh, we'll be back next week for the penultimate edition of Fast Track here in 2019 thank you so much for listening uh, again feel free to sh- Uh, Shout us out on Twitter during the week at, at Fast Track 550, and we'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.